Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Well, we got a long time in this decompression chamber. Uh, you guys mind if I turn on the radio? Go! Welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show with Sherry. Why is it when someone disagrees with you, they're being contrary? And Bob. Well, that's just the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> now from the palatial Bob and Sherry studios, it's Bob and Sherry. And a big old welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show. I feel so great today. I really do. Because I've been proven correct. And nothing <laughs> makes me feel better than that. People Honey, know that. Of, tell me about your victory. What happened? Yeah. Well, it, it's never about anything that's terribly important because I've never been a very serious person. But since this show went on the air, every time pizza would be brought up, and let's face it, almost everybody loves pizza. I always say, well, I am the best judge of pizza because I am from New Haven, Connecticut originally, and they have the best pizza in America. And people would groan and groan. And they would say, well, how do you know that? I'd say, because in taste tests year after year, there have been one, there has been one restaurant that's always number one, and that is Pepe's Restaurant, which has been in New Haven and still has a coal-fired uh, oven, and it's grandfathered into it, and it's been operating for about 75 years. And there are people that line up for an hour to get into this small restaurant. And then next to it is a competitor called Sally's and another one called Modern. It's the Italian district of New Haven, right? Well, once again, about two months ago, what's the best pizza in America? And it's Pepe's Pizza. So <laughs> I, I am going, taking care of some family business in New Haven. And my daughter, Allie, wanted to come along with her husband, Tim. And I said, certainly. So the two of them, they've never been in that part of the country before. And I was a tour guide. And I said, we're going to Pepe's Pizza. And so I say, come along with me. I know how to get there. We get the rental car. We, we hunt and peck for a place to park. There's no you know parking lot or anything. Finally find it. And we get in line. And the line is uh, about a half a block. And I said, I told you we're going to have to wait. And so what Allie doesn't know is that I just saw a news article about who ate at Pepe's Pizza four nights earlier. And so we're waiting in line, and I said, do you know who ate at Pepe's Pizza after he made a speech at Yale University? And she said, no, who? Sir Paul McCartney. That's right. Wow. McCartney spoke at Yale. He, li he has a home in Connecticut somewhere, or Long Island. And he, he spoke at Yale, evidently, to the music department, obviously. And they said, hey, you want some pizza? Do you like pizza? He goes, of course I do. I don't eat meat. And he, they said, come on along. And, and, Paul, and I was going, I was saying to myself, why couldn't it have been four days earlier? Would that not be the coolest thing? That I you get into a restaurant and there is a beetle eating pizza? I cannot believe that you got cheated. I mean, how cool would that have been? Un and that would have been, Allie would have been telling that story for the rest of her life. Oh, she my still took is. Me to my dad yeah. took me to Pepe's and Paul McCartney was there. So was the pizza as, like, please tell me that you weren't disappointed by the pizza. 
I haven't had it in years. And um, I was getting set to be a little disappointed and to say to her, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was fantastic. It's fantastic pizza. The surface is unbelievable. They char the, I don't know how to do it. They char the uh, edge of the crust. So it's, it's a little bit blackened. And I love, it makes it crispier, obviously, but not too much. The pizza, the cheese, uh, however they do it, my mouth is watering right now. It was absolutely incredible. And finally, after about 20 to a 30-minute wait, I'm, I'm at the front, and they got a guy who's like, you know, working the crowd a little bit. He's very, he's very friendly. And he said, it'll, how many? Three. It'll, it'll just be a moment, sir. I said, hey, is there a beetle inside there tonight? And he smiled at me and said, <laughs> not tonight. I'm so sorry. Not tonight. But yes, it was, it was wonderful. And um, we, we, we really had a good time. And they got the whole, the whole Pepe's thing. It's just, you just can't beat actual knowledgeable cooks taking time with as simple a product as that. Then it just, nothing measures up in comparison. And, and, and there are pizza restaurants around the country where it's a mom and pop thing and the pizza is very, very good too. But this place, if you ever get fun, a chance, go there, go there. And wasn't it fun for you? Because you've only been preaching this gospel forever to have right. Allie sitting there so you could go, see, told you, told you. Told can, you I, can I tell you one quick thing um, about Paul McCartney and Yale University? Um, nothing to do with pizza. A friend of mine, when we were teenagers, had a, had a band, and I had a band, and his band was very well known uh, throughout New England. They never made it, but they were excellent. And these years later, he still is a musician, and he paid to hear Paul McCartney speak at Yale, and he knew there was a reception afterward, and he, of course, was not invited to the reception, but he waited outside in the uh, anteroom. And here comes McCartney walking out, and he's surrounded by, you know, professors and a couple of security guys. My friend's name is Tommy, and Tommy goes right through them, right up to McCartney. They, they, they put their hands on him saying, I'm sorry, sir. And, and Tommy said, Paul, I'm a musician. I can play every note of Rubber Soul. McCartney stopped, and he said to the people, no, 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 I, I'm not a teacher. I want to talk to a musician. He stopped and talked to my friend for 10 minutes. Oh, about wow. Music. That's amazing. And he, he made everybody wait. That's the type of guy Paul McCartney is. So I wish I'd seen him there. But anyway, we had fun. And again, I was proven right. It's Bob and Cherry. Bob's Small Plates is brought to you by the 2023 Nissan Aria and Leaf. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. It is time now for Bob and Sherry's Small Plates. Stories that are not major news stories, but interesting from around the United States and the world. And the first story is going to be, I guess, in Great Britain. You probably have heard this rumor that's been floating around. And some of it's based in fact, I think. And some of it is just conjecture that probably will never happen in a million years. I was just referring to Paul McCartney at a restaurant that I went to. Uh, he was there four days earlier. The, the rumor is the Rolling Stones are going into a studio to do an album with new music. And Paul McCartney has agreed to play bass on one of the songs. So that's kind of cool. But you know how the world works. 
all of a sudden people are saying, and Ringo is going to play drums. So we're going to have the Rolling Stones, because the Rolling Stones lost their bass player, Bill Wyman quit, and they lost recently their beloved drummer, Charlie Watts passed away. So they're going to say, this is going to be the most amazing coming together of two musical greats. It's going to be the Rolling Beatles. And is this it's, it's the not going to happen. Oh, yeah. Is this, no, is this no, no, the no, no, first no. time that they've no. collaborated? No, no. I think Mick was on uh, maybe All You Need Is Love or, or one of their early songs in the background. But the idea is, you know, it's just people's imagination is so interesting. McCartney and, and Ringo join the Rolling Stones. They record some songs and they go on tour. Now, that's not going to happen. But can you imagine the ticket sales for the Rolling Beatles tour? Oh, yeah. Even people that were like, I've seen the Stones. I'm done. I think you'd get some of those they people would, back out of the house. They would go. They would go. That's right. So I think it's interesting that Paul played bass, but I think it's about all it is. Um, I'm going to ask you a question now in this next one. A little over half of all women admit they have asked a stranger this. What is the question that they asked the stranger? Over A little over half of all women. Have asked a stranger? A stranger this one question. It's not a serious question. I'll just, I'm going to tell you right now. Do I look fat in these jeans? No. Oh, I no, can't imagine. No no. <laughs> no, no. It is, where did you get those shoes? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Does yeah. that, I does definitely. that, that makes sense, doesn't it? I have asked that question. I have been asked that question. Yup. Is that right? So this is, this is right on the money then, isn't it? I mean, I, I guess since I'm the only woman here, um, y'all don't ask each other questions like that, men? Don't ask each other, like, think. where you got something? You know, I, I think I have, I mean, not as much as w- evidently with this thing as women are asking it with uh, shoes, but I think I might have asked, you know, where'd you get those sneakers or where did you get that jacket, that's a cool jacket, maybe once or twice, you know, maybe a little more than that. But definitely not. I mean, I just can't picture going up to a guy I don't know and saying, oh, I love your shoes. Where did you get your shoes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's the next small plate. Another one of these predictions of how wonderful our future is going to be. They say robots will do more than a third of our household chores in the next decade. Artificial intelligence experts say food shopping will be easier for machines, the master, followed by cleaning of the house, dishwashing, and the hardest one is to get childcare. Here's what I say if, you, if you've raised multiple children in your life. Forget about the, I'll do the dishes, and I, I, I like going food shopping. Forget about that. Get that robot dressed as Dora the Explorer and let that, let that robot sit down and read the same book five times to the kid. That is where we need to go. That is where we need to go. I'm never going to be able to have a robot housekeeper because I haven't a senile dog and four cats. I can't even turn my Roomba on. Kev bought me a Roomba for Christmas like a million years ago. And I I can't turn it on. I can't use it. They go, what what do they do? What do they do? Well, they don't know. They, They ignore the Roomba. But if Sam has a little accident in the house which he occasionally does now 
and Roomba finds the boom boom. Yeah, right. It's not going to be pretty. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I've de- I've had to deal with it. I did. I dealt with that twice, and then I put Roomba away. So yeah. Well, I can't. Thanks for bringing. We can't the have sexy anything nice with a, yeah. a blind senile dog. Because it was a really sexy bit before you said that. It was. Yeah. <laughs> it was peak sexy. <laughs> so anyway, that is uh, small plates for today. Morons in the News is next. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is brought to you by Febreze Car. Breathe happy. Febreze Car. Bob and Sherry. You see, that's all I could come up with because I'm an idiot. With Morons in the News. Folks, can I ask a favor of you? Can we all just stop pulling guns on one another for no apparent reason at all? Here's the headline. Florida woman pulled gun in McDonald's drive-thru in an argument over a free cookie. An Altamont Springs woman has been arrested after police say she pulled a gun at a McDonald's drive-thru. According to the police, they were called to that McDonald's and they arrested 24-year-old Amari Hendricks. There is an allegation of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without the intent to kill, the judge said. Uh, Hendricks, uh, who is also a fast food manager, turns out, went before a judge, and they are trying to figure out what to do with her. Police said an upset Hendricks thought she was, quote, entitled to a free cookie. I like a good cookie. I, I, do. I do. I'm not going to shoot anybody for one. But I, I can't. I can't I can't yeah. pull a gun on you because you won't give me good, a free though. cookie. They're really, really good. I are mean, they really? You yeah. know. Mm-hmm. I just, what snack food would we be willing to draw on? Hmm. You can't, can't lie to I me, Bob Lacey. Pizza. Pizza. No, even that. Outside of, you know, self-defense of my wife or children, I, I got I got nothing at all. It's a cookie. And now, you know, now <laughs> you're a felon. It's a cookie, huh? It's a cookie. Lord, over to you. Today's moron of the day is a store that has um, a very strict policy about how you can ring up clothing that you buy. This happened uh-huh. to a car salesman named Craig Heilbrunn. He lives in the UK and he was at work and he noticed that his jeans had ripped and you could see his underwear. And that is not going to be okay at the car dealership. Right. So he goes to a store called Primark and he goes down to the uh, men's department and he finds a pair mm-hmm. of jeans in his size and he takes them to the fitting room. He puts them on. Great. They fit perfectly. So he asks the fitting room attendant, hey, would it be okay if I just wear these out and I'll bring the tag to the register? And the fitting right. room attendant said, yeah, of course. So Craig heads up to the cashier and hands the cashier the tag. And the cashier said, I'm sorry, I can't accept this. And Craig said... But it's from these jeans, and the fitting room attendant said it was okay. And the cashier said, sir, we have a strict policy here that labels have to be attached to the clothing items before they can be sold. I'm going to need you to take those jeans off so that we can get another pair just like them and ring them up. They made that man strip to his underpants at the cash register. No. Oh, no, he didn't have to do... Why couldn't he have gone back into a dressing room? He said... That? That's ridiculous. He said he took the pants off with everyone in the store as an audience. He said, I took them off in front of everybody. There were loads of people. 
There were people laughing. Some people were rolling video. I could see the recording light on their phone. I was embarrassed and quiet. And at that, at that point, he took the pants off, he handed them over, and he went straight home. And he filed a complaint against the store. He said, they made me feel that humiliated. They should have used their common sense and a little bit of discretion. It was a situation I was already embarrassed about, and they made it even worse. A spokesperson for the store said, oh, we're super sorry for any misunderstanding that occurred. We do require an item and its tag to be presented together at the cash register, but we would not expect someone to strip off in the queue. The cashier was mistaken. So let me get this straight. Did he do that kind of as an up yours, I'll show you? You know, like Jimmy Wayne, when he got so mad at TSA once, Mm -hmm. they they said, uh, I don't know, he needed to take off another coat or whatever. And he went down to his went down to his underwear. Was was he doing one of those or were they saying right here and now, sir, you need to take your pants off? It really seems like he was not doing that at all. It's more like, sir, I mean, he's got the pants on. They won't scan the tag and sell them to him. He can't steal them. He doesn't have a lot of choices in that moment. And he was really embarrassed. This was not some big, you know, Johnny Knoxville stunt. Yeah, yeah. Um, they made a mistake. They made a mistake. As long as they were sure those were the same pants. And I could see somebody trying to pull a fast one, putting on a pair of pants. Oh, oh, the ticket came off. And then they put a different ticket on for cheaper pants or something. But that does not seem to be the case here. That That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And the store has owned the mistake and has apologized. Good. And Craig is mortified because he was embarrassed enough that you could see his underwear at work. And then he was really embarrassed that everybody and their mother saw his underwear at the checkout. <laughs> and that is Morons in the News for today. Coming up, we have an epic rabbit hole for you. A great rabbit hole. Plus, comedian Jeremy Alder. And what kind of people pleaser are you? There's more than one kind. Are you a people pleaser or are you all the flavors of people pleaser? We have it coming up for you straight ahead. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. More than 50 years ago, a lawyer in Silicon Valley named Claude Hamrick got a vanity plate. And his vanity plate is only four letters. And those letters are C-A-S-H. Cash. He's had that California vanity tag since 1970. And over the years, so many people have offered him money because they wanted to have cash as their vanity plate. Well, after all these years, Claude's ready to let it go. And he's working with an organization called The Plate Broker, which helps people with cool vanity tags sell their vanity tag. Yeah, I had no idea that existed. It's an amazing country. Go on. What do you think um, cash as a California vanity tag is going for right now? <clears throat> Give me a second here. I am going to say $10,000. Max or Doc, you guys want to come in with a guess? I, I'm thinking it might be worth more than that because if somebody had it tied to a business, I'm going to say $50,000. All right. How about you, Doc? You got a guess? You want to jump in there? Uh, we got 10. Got 25 we got 50. I'll go 25 grand. Yeah. Well, y'all are way low on cash. 
because this plate is on the market right now for two million dollars. No! Okay, it's and on the, the plate, market. It's but it's not worth anything unless somebody pays the price. I don't, the plate. I, the plate broker said it's going to sell. There's already so much interest in it. So much interest because California I, is the land of entertainers, tech bros, people with more money than sense. You could have a like a record label could buy this or a you know Gatorade could buy it. 2 million dollars. So you put that on the back of your Bentley. It says cash and you're out 2 million dollars to look like a douchebag all day long. It's California, though. And there, there are you, people that, that in Los Angeles who embrace douchebaggery. Yeah, they go a long way to, to feed people. My goodness, that is just ridiculous. I mean, I can see somebody spend. You want to spend a lot of money on a house. You want to spend $17 million. That's, and this is your role, too, whatever. But this just seems to be just so... Um, there's, no other, there's no other word. Tacky douchey i i don't invent the douchey i just report on it it's bob and sherry don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift come to cleanorigin.com founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do clean origin the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100 day no questions asked return on your purchase head to cleanorigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code radio 10 for 10 percent off your purchase that's clean o-r-i-g-i-n.com code radio 10 don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to cleanorigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to cleanorigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's clean, O-R-I-G-I-N.com, code RADIO10. Bob and Sherry go. I think you guys are going to like this one, especially if you're familiar with uh, the song Memories. Here we go. Ah, I recognize that song. I I remember it, I think. This goes out to anyone else here who may be experiencing the occasional senior moment. The groceries outside. Where the hell did I put my keys? Oh, look, here they are. Underneath the TV guide. I could swear I put those tickets right here in my wallet. Now I'm late. I thought the show starts at eight. I wrote that 
second to add on to what she just said. Absolutely. Did. You do. <laughs> so uh, I was away and um, I parked my car <clears throat> in a parking lot in the airport and flew off to New Haven. And while I was in the hotel room, I could not find uh, the car keys to my car back home. And I was frantic. <clears throat> and I went to the restaurant. I called the restaurant I was at the night before and gave them a heads up. They were not there. I scoured the room and uh called downstairs to the hotel i went to the hotel bar to see if it was there i spent like hours and hours and hours just frantic and then i went to my satchel that i mary gave me um as a birthday gift that i was traveling with and i went through it and there's no car keys in there and then all of a sudden i saw this little this little uh zipper pull and i went oh i didn't know that was there it's the secret compartment and i put my hand in and there were the keys I had hidden the keys from myself in the secret <laughs> compartment. <laughs> so I now I've got people calling. We don't have too. your keys. We, yeah, I know. We don't have your keys. We don't have your keys. I'm so sorry, sir. Oh, it's fine. Where did you find them, sir? In the secret compartment that I've forgotten <laughs> about. It's so secret. Oh, God. That's a good that's secret <laughs> compartment. <laughs> when even the person who has it doesn't know where it is. That's, a, uh, that's that a, it, the it best works. secret compartment. Yeah, it <laughs> It definitely hey, works. Hey, listen, it's too bad you don't have some classified documents. You'd know where to shove them. I'd put them there. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to post memory up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook so you can find it coming up. Everyone needs to laugh with comedian Jerry Alder. And what kind of people pleaser are you? It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. So over the weekend, I went back to New Haven, which is uh, where I was raised, born and all of that. And I've never met anybody in New Haven when I go back who recognizes me, uh, knows of who I am. Sherry and I have never been able to plant a flag in Connecticut for whatever reason. But I went back and I stayed in, uh, Mary was doing other things. I stayed in a downtown New Haven hotel and I needed to have dinner that night, of course. So I walked about a block and a half to a Chinese restaurant, which looked nice. And it was pretty crowded. And so they put me in one of those tables where you sit right next to another party. And the people to my right, there was a woman and two young guys. Uh, when I say young, they looked like maybe college freshmen or uh, sophomores. And they're talking. And the two guys, I'm overhearing what they say, are so, so eloquent and polite and nice and engaged with the mom. And I thought, I bet these are Yale students. And this is a mom from out of town coming to visit. 
And so my martini arrived. I don't drink them very much anymore, but uh, I decided to. And she looked over and she said, well, that looks good. That, that was well ordered, you know, and I smiled at her and, I, and, you know, we continued with our dinners. And then they got up to leave and um, I said, I just want to ask you, are you the mom of one of these young men and are they uh, going to Yale? And she said, yes, they are. And we introduced ourselves, you know, and come to find out she was from out of town and was uh, visiting her son. And she lived in Charlotte. And I said, oh, well, you know, I lived in Charlotte for a long, long time. And she said, really? And I went, yeah. And one thing led to another. And so she said, what do you do? And I said, um, I have a radio show called Bob and Sherry. And she paused and she said, are you, are you kidding me? Are you Bob? <laughs> And so here's the first time that I have ever been recognized in my hometown. And I said, I am. And she said, "Ah, do you know who this is to her son? And I go, oh, no, don't do that. He used to sit in the back seat of the car while I drove him to school every single day. I have been listening to you and Sherry for years and years and years. I said, oh, thank you so much. And then she said, "Uh, you have girls, right? And I said, yeah. Um, did they go to, and she names a school with an unusual name. I said, they did not go there. Uh, they did not go to that school. But Sherry's girls went to that school. And then the lady said, well, this Yale student over here used to have a play day in the afternoon with Olivia. No way. Yes. I bet I know that kid. I, I-, I could not believe it. What is the likelihood of number one, my getting recognized in a city we've never been on the air in. Oh yeah, uh, we couldn't we have... get. We literally cannot get arrested in Connecticut. We could rob a bank, and they're like, "Oh, are you Bob and Sherry? We can't. You're yeah. invisible. We can't." Yeah, let see them go. Let, let them go. I know exactly. <laughs> and then what's the, on top of that? What's the likelihood that um, you know her son and and uh, Caramillo had a play day? I I just can't believe that that happened. I'm still just kind of, you know, gobsmacked over it. Um, it this, you know what you're reminded sometimes that the world is just so, so small. Yeah. Kevin and right. I, Kevin and I were out for a walk and, um, there's this lady, we were walking on, um, the cross country trail that a high school near us uses for practice. So we're walking on that trail and there's this lady we come upon around the bend and she has two dogs and she has the most gorgeous, like, silver hair that she actually brushes and blow dries and makes an effort with. So it's really pretty, mm-hmm. right? Right. And and I said to her, girl, your hair. And she goes, girl, your hair. And, you know, that's because that's what women do. Like, we, we adjust each other's crowns. And I said right. hello to her dogs. And, you know, we kept on walking. And I said to Kevin, mm-hmm. that, you see, Kev, that's what happens when you get a woman who owns a blow dryer and gives a damn. And he goes, I... I taught her to swim when I was a swim coach. She was one of the kids on my swim team. I'm you like, are kidding me. How do you, how, he goes, I'm sure of it. I think her name might be Betsy. I was like, why didn't you say anything? He goes, because I would never. And he would never. Like Kev is not super gregarious. But that is a grown woman that yeah. once upon a time he coached 
when she was a child swimming. He was she must have gone. She must have gone silver awful early or prematurely because she did. No, no, yes, yeah, she did. Not that old. Yeah. Well, yeah. he was he was like nineteen, and she would have been yeah. probably ten. But yeah, yeah, yeah. he because he he said that he thought she had gone because he sees her. You know, he he went to he grew up here where we live, so mm-hmm. he sees people that he remembers vaguely from childhood. Well, you have to yeah, be careful if you you're a guy going up to a woman and saying, you know, I used to teach you when you were a little teenager how to that, swim. That's what we were laughing about. I, Cause I said, <laughs> I can't believe you didn't say anything. He goes, he goes, yeah. Cause I'm going to say to a woman, do you remember me? I was your swim coach. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how's, hey, how's that breaststroke? <laughs> like, you know, you're just yeah. not going to do that. Right. It's a small <laughs> You know, it's a shame that we're all always so angry at each other and throwing piles of poop at each other's heads. Because it's a small, beautiful world, and and we're right. we're not meant to be so hostile to each other. I don't think. No, no. I'm excited so, you got uh, recognized so that, in your hometown. Yeah, That's cool. It was great, and and I hope I don't want to m- mention her name, but she's a she listens even today. Um, thank you very much for being a listener, and you should be so proud of your son going to Yale. This is Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is brought to you by HelloFresh. Use code BobandSherry22 at HelloFresh.com slash BobandSherry22. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh, and here is comedian Jeremy Adler. I, I grew up in the church. Uh, as a youth group kid, that's where you make most of your friends when you're homeschooled. And, uh, <laughs> me and my friends, we started a Christian rock band when we were 16. I don't know if you're familiar with Christian rock. Uh, it's just like regular rock, but usually not as good. <laughs> Which is why it really hurts when your Christian rock band doesn't make it. Because you're like, man, we didn't even have to be that talented. (laughs) And that's when you got to call the band together for a meeting and be like, well, Malachi, (laughs) Zachariah, (laughs) Jeff from public school. Guess it just wasn't God's will, huh? (laughs) And that's when God's like, hold on a second. That wasn't anybody's will, okay? (laughs) Don't blame that on me. (laughs) I like regular rock. (laughs) A lot of my friends, a lot of my youth group friends uh, wore uh, promise rings or purity rings. I don't know if y'all are familiar with those here. Some sad nods from people still wearing theirs. Um, I, I didn't wear one. Uh, if you're not familiar, it's just a ring that, that teens would wear to, to let the world know that they were just as big a nerd in private as they are in public <laughs> until they get married. And uh, I didn't wear one. I didn't have to because I was homeschooled. So that would be redundant. Uh, <laughs> I realized really quickly, actually, that a nice pair of handmade corduroy pants sewn by my mom sent the exact same message, you guys. Yeah. 
called in my purity pants. <laughs> Any belt can be a chastity belt if you're wearing your purity pants. <laughs> I did eventually get married, uh, and it's great. Uh, I love being married so much. I've done it twice, and um, <laughs> I also have five kids. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Everywhere else in the country, people are like, "What? Five kids?" But in Utah, they're like, "He's just getting started." What is <laughs> Nobody's surprised. Yeah, it's great. Uh, they're not all. They're not all mine. I've got four uh, sons from my first marriage. They're all basically teenagers now. And then uh, I picked up a little stepdaughter off a of free agency a couple of years ago. That I'm very excited about. <laughs> it's very cool. Uh, but I love being a dad. It's a lot of kids, but I love being a dad, especially when um, when I look like I could be one of them. Um, that makes it <laughs> that makes it fun. I, I went and had lunch with my fifth grader. Um, not too long ago, and he introduced me to one of the kids in his class. And this kid was a good two or three inches taller than me, probably 15 pounds of chicken nuggets heavier, <laughs> and had the most gorgeous mustache I have ever seen on a child. And so my son introduces me to this girl, and... She looks right at me and she goes, did you get beat up a lot in elementary school? Because you look like you got beat up a lot in elementary school. And I was like, no, I was homeschooled. I think this will be my first time. <laughs> she ended up being really nice though. And, um, <laughs> I didn't give you that, but I, I did stay for recess, and uh, we played basketball uh, with the kids, and I was on my son's team, his name is Elliot, and, uh, and our team was just killing it, because, um, not to brag, but I'm like really good at fifth grade basketball. And <laughs> so we're just crushing the other team, a little boy on the other team gets mad, and he slams the ball down, and he goes, man, of course they're winning. They've got Elliot's brother on their team. <laughs> He's almost a grown man. <laughs> you find yourself arguing with an elementary schooler about whether you are a real man or not. <laughs> that is Jeremy Alder. We're going to post that set up. B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I dot com. This is Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the Mother of All Mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. Brace yourself, Doc. I was reading an article about how millennials are getting ready to head into the midlife crisis zone. Millennials are between the ages now of like 27 and 40. Here's the thing. When millennials hit that midlife crisis... According to this economic report, they will not be buying sports cars and getting divorced because they cannot afford to buy sports cars and get divorced. <laughs> um, there is, there, according to a study by the Federal Reserve, by the government, 
There's like no evidence that millennials have different tastes when it comes to things like cars and food and housing. The reason that millennials don't spend as much on cars and food and housing as boomers and Xers is because they got no money. That's so, why they're not spending it on cars and food and houses. So I just wrapped up my like 30s crisis. Does this mean I, I mean I have to prepare for another one? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So much yeah, but news. listen, you're not going to buy a sports car because you don't got no sports car money. And also it says here, millennials are less likely to get divorced in part because they're a lot less likely to get married. And you can't divorce Very somebody you're, you're not married to. According to this, many millennials say, I'm not married now. I have no interest in getting married. So on the one hand, fewer divorces and sports cars. But when you find out why, it gets kind of depressing. So, Doc, do you think you're in any danger of having a midlife crisis? Uh, no, well, not not in the immediate future. I think I I think I reached the point where I've kind of accepted the path of, of life that I'm on. So I'm uh, ne- the next step is to get a couple of cats and and just call it a day. Sherry, does that mean I, he's resigned himself to being with us? I I like that though because I'd hate for him to leave. I mean, I don't. I hate to use the word "resigned himself" to it, but <laughs> perhaps he's found his happy place, Max. We could look at it that way, and and I think a couple of cats is a good idea. But Doc, <laughs> remember that episode that we did of the Oddcast? Two cats, yes. Four cats is how many cats? <laughs> too it's many. Too many cats. <laughs> well, congratulations on not getting a sports car or getting divorced. Look at you, Doc. You're just killing the game. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. It is talk back time. And if you have the Bob and Sherry app, it's free in Google Play and the Apple Store. You can use it to listen to the show and text the studio and enter contests and listen to all of our podcasts. And if you tap the microphone in the bottom center of the screen and talk, the app will do all the work for you. Or if you like to use your texting device as a phone, you can call us at 844 844- 52 Sherry. That's 844-52-SHERI. Hey, Bob and Sherry, Max and Doc. This is Lauren calling from the Charlotte area. I was just calling to say that I love your show. Bob, as much as I hate to say this, this message is for you. And I hate to get, I hate when I hear messages directed at you, but I just want to let you know today that I watched the movie on Netflix, Your Place or Mine. And 
you did not give it a very good review, which is fine. You don't have to like it. It might not be your cup of tea. However, as a woman in my mid-30s, I grew up with these 80s, 90s, 2000s, like epitomes of rom-coms, which they don't make anymore. And there's a there's a level of nostalgia through that. It's kind of like when Lamar reviewed that um, George Clooney, Julia Roberts movie, where it's just like, it's completely predict- predictable, but... It brings comfort, you know, it's kind of like watching the same episode of Friends for the 75th time. And as somebody who is not watching the news because he's trying to be more comfortable in what he watches, I thought you would understand this. So while it may not be your cup of tea, I really, really enjoyed it. And it just took me away on a Saturday afternoon when I was folding laundry and didn't really want to think about anything too serious. So I would encourage your listeners to try it out if they like the rom-com genre. Um... Anyways, always love you. We'll be a long-term listener, but um, it just kind of made me chuckle when I heard your review of it, and I don't want to throw you into the wet blanket, blanket Bob category. All right, love you guys. <laughs> you know, I, everybody just must think that I am so fragile. You know, <laughs> Let's not throw him into the wet blanket Bob thing because he could, he could just, you know— he could do anything. He's unpredictable. Yeah, he could, yeah he's, he's dangerous. A, you know, she was right. I mean, if it if it gives you comfort, have a ball. I was just saying, I, I'd have nothing against romantic comedies, but they were not re- invented in the last 15 years. They've been around since the 1930s, right? Uh, Catherine Hepburn used to do them with Cary Grant for crying out loud. But this particular one, your place or mine, with Ashton Kutcher, and uh, Reese Witherspoon. It's a terrible movie. I'm glad I, that I'm, she enjoyed it. I really am. It got 38 a, on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, so I'm not alone. I'm going to get your back. Um, everyone that saw it, including Ashton Kutcher's wife, was like, what is this? So, what did she say? Uh, yes, what, what do you mean by she, that? She, she said that um, Ashton and Reese had no chemistry. <laughs> and um, that... Ashton should have worked harder at that. That he should have oh, worked harder wow. at having some chemistry. I love Mila Kunis. She that's yeah, savage. that's that's Mina, yeah. Yeah, she'll say anything. You're right. She is totally a brave, a brave woman. I love that. I that love is her so, so much. interesting that she slashed the movie while it's out and her husband's well, in it. And and Ashton Kutcher, in his defense, well, she said that on the red carpet at the premiere, they were stiff and and had no chemistry at all, and that you know he needed to work harder at that. And he was like, "I'm married, and she's married. You know, we're not. This isn't the movie. This is the premiere." And Mila Kunis was like, "Oh, please stop, make an effort." That's a confident woman. I'll tell you what: if you're saying, have you, you ever seen to Mila cozy Kunis? up to Reese Witherspoon yes. a little bit more? If you're Mila Kunis, you get up every morning, you flip your hair back and you go, mm, yes, girl. <laughs> like you don't have to worry. You have no right. competition if you're Mila Kunis. Right. Yeah. The thing you is know, about romantic comedies, like even a bad uh-huh. one, they're they're like donuts. Even a bad donut is better than no donut, right? Like I'll watch a really awful romantic comedy because sometimes that's just what you need in that moment. No, I understand. And, and I've seen them too, but it was the, as I said, it was the laziest movie that I've seen in a long time. I mean, a rom-com where the uh, climax happens in an airport. Oh, really? Come on. Couldn't you do, do you it a what, little bit better? A donut shop anywhere, but the airport. 
Do you know what I think the worst rom-com is? And it's a good movie, but they tricked us because it's not a rom-com. Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston in The Breakup is a trauma fest pretending to be a rom-com. It, it is. Fight me I, on I, this I, one, when okay? That, when that comes on, if that co- and it's on Netflix frequently, by the way, I never watch that. It is if you've it, been divorced, it is the biggest bummer you can you can go to. All you feel is like queasy sorrow yeah. and cringiness, remembering every time you yourself have been through the breakup. And I think the I think it's a good movie. I think they both do a great job in it. But when Hollywood said, Hey, here's a rom com, and then you came out of the theater in a cold sweat. That was wrong. That that's that scene, that scene where they're having just a really bad up yours argument. And she's standing there, I think, in just a towel, and he's playing a video game. And so the, the conversation ends. She drops the towel and walks away. And she's it's a stunt double that's completely naked. He watches her and he just shrugs and goes back to the uh, video game. Ho <laughs> that's a marriage that's not gonna last. Uh, it was just, I, I'm, I don't even like thinking about it. I, I'm, I'm feeling yeah. like sad and cringy just talking about it. I know. All right, coming up. What kind of people pleaser are you? Yikes. Because, Bob, we're pleasers. Mm-hmm. We're pleasers. Mm-hmm. And we're about, to, we're about to beat ourselves up. It's coming up. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. You and your best friend need a getaway. You deserve a getaway. Just the two of you hanging out. We're going to fly you to Tampa. We're going to put you in a rental car that we are paying for. We're going to send you to the Don Cesar Hotel, a legendary, very ring-a-ding-ding Florida institution. We're going to put you on a yacht for a dinner cruise, give you tickets to the Dolly Museum, not Parton, Dolly the Artist, (laughs) send you to the Marine Clearwater Aquarium, we're going to do all of that, and all you have to do is post a picture of you and your bestie at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. We've had a lot of people ask, who counts as a best friend? That is up to you. It could be your mom. It could be your partner. It could be somebody you grew up with. It's your best friend, and the two of you are heading to Tampa. B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Good luck. So last weekend, I went to uh, attend to some family business in New Haven, Connecticut, where I was born. I don't get there very often, but I went. Mary had stuff to do, so I went alone. And I get on the plane, Breeze Airways, by the way. And I thought, hmm, it was it was terrific. It was brand new plane, brand new company, and, and they they were very good. And I sit down in my seat. I'm by the window, and this guy sits down next to me, and we uh, nod at each other. And he sees that I'm wearing a sweatshirt that says Roger Williams University, which I attended. And he went, oh, were you from Rhode Island? I said, well, you know, I lived uh, in Rhode Island for a while. He said, me too. I went to Providence College, which is about, I don't know, 20 miles from Roger Williams University. The difference is Roger Williams has a uh, badminton team, I think. And Providence College has a uh, top 20 basketball team. So we were talking about living there. And I said, here's what I used to do. I, was, I just got started in radio. And I would go to classes three days a week at Roger Williams, 8 o'clock in the morning. And then I would finish in the afternoon. And I'd go to this restaurant. I'm not going to say the name of the restaurant because of this story. And I would get some spaghetti at this restaurant, and then I would drive to my uh, radio job in Fall River, Massachusetts. And he said, 
that's where you ate three days a week? I went, yeah. He goes, my uncle owned that restaurant. I said, are you kidding me? And so we started talking. <laughs> we started talking. What's the likelihood, right? He said, oh, yeah. He said, I used to eat there for free. I lived in the area, of course. And then one day I became, you know, a grown man. And I went to the restaurant to speak to my uncle. And, and uh, I, I was going to say to him, I, I can't take free food anymore. I'm a grown man with a, with a job. It, it, at least, you know, make me pay something. And so he goes into the kitchen to see his uncle. And there's his uncle who does the cooking and owns the place. And the place is very popular. And there were two guys in long leather jackets, not even jackets, coats, long leather black top coats. And they are big guys. And he looked at their faces and they were pretty scarred up, tough looking guys. And he backs away and the guys continue the conversation and then they leave. And the guy that I just met goes and he says to his uncle, um, hey, everything okay? Those two guys. And the uncle says, oh, that not, I've known those guys for years. Yeah, I've, I've known them for years. Don't worry about it. He goes, okay. And they, they talk. And then the uncle says, so you're engaged, I hear. Yeah, congratulations. And you have a ring yet? And he says, no, you haven't picked out a ring yet. The uncle reaches into his pocket and pulls out a handful of loose diamonds. No. And he says, pick one. <laughs> and the guy who met says, I, I can't do that. Pick one. Pick, pick a big one. Come on. And I don't know if he picked it. He didn't say, or he, you know, was adamant about not taking them. I don't think he picked one. And they chatted for a while about he's getting free and blah, blah, blah. And so they leave. And he doesn't think much about it until he watches the news later that night. And the uh, headline, the lead story was police still searching for robbery of well-known jewelry distributor. <laughs> What? <laughs> Welcome gangsters. to Providence. Yeah, yeah. Gangsters. It was the legit Providence. Gangsters. Providence was the was the uh, mafia headquarters. It, people think it was Boston, but it was actually Providence. Well, um, wasn't one of so the I worst don't know. like mafia kingpins in Providence? Raymond, what was his name? Patriarca. Patriarca. Yeah, Raymond Patriarca. Yeah. 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 Ooh, but he did. So who knows? He had the. He had the willpower to not scoop up a diamond for his he fiance. Did. Wow. That was the that was the uh inference that I got that he was he was just not going down that that uh path whatsoever. Wow. Would you, um you know well let's be let's be honest, code of safety. Mm -hmm. Um in that same position, you're you're just starting out in life. You're broke, you're in love. Your uncle fishes out a handful of loose stones and says, pick one, make it into a ring. You got the ability to resist that. You're in the cone um, of si You're in the cone of safety. So you don't have to be like, well, of course, Sherry, because that would be wrong. You're allowed to be honest and no one can judge you. I will not allow you to be judged. Okay. Um, well, I was flat broke back then. So I, this is what I would do. I would say, I'm going to take this one for her. And I'd, I've always wanted a pinky ring, and I'm going to take this one uh, for me. Be Thank you. Because, Thank you for being if, honest. You know, if, if I'm going mafia, I might as well go all the way, right? Yeah. You are so not a pinky ring. <laughs> I'm not I'd a like pinky ring. I'd like to see it, though. 
let's see where. And anybody that's like, if you even think about leaving a message like Bob Lacey, you're a disgusting, scuzzy <laughs> criminal. I will, I will beat you. I you was were allowed, broke, you're in the man. cone of safety. Yeah, that's you a diamond broke. ring for me. Yeah. So that was an interesting story and a really nice guy that I met. It's Bob and Sherry. Wow. Can you believe this? It's brought to you by State Farm. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I don't believe this shit. I cannot believe this There's a new book out about people pleasing. It's called The Joy of Saying No. And in this book, they break down the different kinds of people pleasers that are out there. There's like five or six of them. And let's see what kind of people pleaser you are, Bob. Um, I already know that I'm a people pleaser and it's exhausting. And if you are a person out there that's thinking, hey, should I get into the fast paced and exciting world of people pleasing? We're going to tell you, do not do it. Do not do it because (laughs) for two reasons, one, it's exhausting. And two, they're never pleased. Like you never get there. Bob, you have been trying to please people your whole life. What would you say your level of success has been? Oh, it's, it's probably zero. And by the way, it, you know, I think years and years ago, if a person was called a people pleaser, it would be a compliment today. Not so much today. I think people say, oh, that's somebody that is, um, you know, has some sort of baggage where he's got to be loved by it. It's, it's not a positive doormat with deep. Yeah, exactly. Insecurities and poor boundaries. Okay, here's the first type of people-pleasing. It's called gooding. This is a kind of people-pleasing where your very biggest concern is about looking good to others. You think to yourself, I have to be a good employee. I have to be a perfect husband. I have to be a great son or daughter. You're so scared of not being liked and approved of. And that is the kind of people-pleasing a gooding pleaser is. I, I'm that next, one. I, put me down oh, on that one. You think right, you're ahead. that one? Okay. Yeah. The next category is the efforting people pleaser. You're all about the effort, giving 100%, being the best, being a perfectionist, overdoing it, trying to please people by working hard, 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 hard. Ding, ding, ding. I think that's me. You, you still think you're number one? You yeah, still think you're I about, do. about looking I've good? Got a little, I've got a little bit of number two, but number two is you all the way. Thank you. What a sweet thing. If you could put that into a greeting card, you're Sherry. Number, <laughs> number two, two is you <laughs> all the way. I'm sorry. I'm going to no, get that as a t-shirt. I often, the, can I just say, as a people pleaser, I often feel like number two. So I really appreciate you recognizing that. Third category, the avoider. These are people who are trying to please others by trying to never make them uncomfortable. You're so good at avoiding conflict. You will do anything to avoid putting people out. You'll never talk about the thing that you believe might upset them. You'll never do the thing that might disappoint them. All you care about is making sure that other people are always comfortable at your own expense. Um, I've got part of that, but, you know, mostly with family, I think. Not I think so, so and too. With, and, and with friends, uh, probably also, but not so much at work. And Bob, you know that you, to be the case. Oh, at work? At work, you're yeah. like, mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You're like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Bob, you are um, a complex mosaic and tapestry of people pleasing. You are a man of many gifts in this area, okay? So feel good about that. Here's the next one. 
The fourth category of people pleasing is saving. The helpers, the fixers, the rescuers, they give and give and give, but they give without boundaries. So they end up sacrificing themselves and overdoing it and just being worn yeah. out. And you yeah, have a little bit too. of that too, because you're a complex Not a lot of man. That. Yeah. Hey, and, I'm three the, for four. Keep going. Keep going. And the, and the, oh, this last one. Finally. This last one finally has a I'm monogram. <laughs> yeah. This last one has a monogram towel with your initials on it. This last one is called suffering. If you feel like the more you suffer, the better a, makes you as a person, the more you tolerate, the more people overstep the boundaries, the more you please them with the more suffering the more you are doing God's work in this world. You know, I'm going to pass on that one. I don't think I look to suffer. Now, I suffer because of a byproduct of the first three out of four that you've you've named. So I, I get some of that. But I do not. I mean, look what I do for a living. Does this look like, you know, a job that I, I said, you know, that's a job looks like I could suffer. No, I picked a job that was a lot of fun. So I'm going to pass yeah. on that one. No, you did. You you definitely picked a job that would not involve a lot of suffering. And then a funny right. thing happened. Dot dot dot. That's true. Oh. There there has up until there has you been and I some began suffering. This, this company we were working for the previous company. Um, there was a lot of suffering there. Thank God that's over. So the good thing about this book, which is the joy of saying no, is it kind of it kind of starts you kind of slowly and gently mm -hmm. moving away from being pleasing. Because when pleasers say no, we feel guilty, we feel anxious, we feel resentful. Right. Um, and so the book says, don't don't just say, okay, starting tomorrow, I'm saying no to everything. Y'all are on your own. Do not do right. that because you're not gonna yeah. be you're not gonna be successful of that. But every time something is asked of you before you answer, know in, like know in your own heart. Like if you're, oh, I want to say no to this. I want to say no to this. I want to say no to this mm -hmm. before you say yes. So at least you're clear. You don't owe everybody a yes. You don't owe everybody your time. You don't owe everybody your energy. You just don't. Right. I, th I think so it's wise what you just said about all of a sudden don't throw this switch where you say no to every single thing that comes down the pike. Because people will notice that and they'll say, is he okay? Is he okay? He doesn't seem like himself. You have to pick your battles. I have a friend who has a shirt. The shirt is black and it has white letters that say N-O. And he just wears it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I kind of, I need one of those just to remind me that you can say no yeah. sometimes. That not yeah. everything has to be a yes. Anywho, I'll get this posted up on the Bob and Cherry Facebook for all of our fellow people pleasers out there. It's Bob and Cherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Cherry exclusives. Just go to bobandcherry.com. You know that thing, if you uh, rent a VRBO, they have some sort of a notation that the host is really a great host. Do you know that? Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, that. yeah. So you I get think ratings. that I think right. You get ratings. I think fast food restaurants should be required to be able to post that they are a really great fast food restaurant because you can get a good one or you can get one that is just terrible. And I got nothing against Wendy's, but I pulled into Wendy's and two things jumped out at me. Let me first say that I think that their burgers are delicious. They're very very juicy. But I pulled in and I did an order and I said, I just want a cheeseburger plain. 
And of course, what I got was a cheeseburger with mayo, cheese, um, bacon. It, 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 the entire kitchen sink is in this burger. And I was so frustrated. It's, shut up and eat it. Those people don't make a lot of money. And I just kept going afterward. But what jumped out at me is this. I pulled up to do the order and I look at the screen and it says, try Dave's artesian lemonade. Um, <laughs> now, come on. Okay. Come on. I know that there's a craft beer thing that is very big in America and there are craft beers that are probably kind of unique. But are you telling me that somebody who can't get my order right is really focused? Am I getting this this craft lemonade just right? Is this the way Dave would want it? Is this is there too much sugar? Is the is the color right? Come on, give me a break. Have, have we just killed the whole artesian craft thing by uh, by making it? in every fast food restaurant in some way, shape, or form. One of my kids' friends works there, and um, it's very artistic, the dumping of a flavored fruit syrup into the cup. <laughs> it's all, you know, it's all in how you, it's the style yeah. you bring to it. Yeah. The zhuzh, yeah. just again, up that Wendy's. Again, I, I like Wendy's, but... I'm not buying that. And please, please, please don't put everything on the burger. I beg of you. You have a pretty good product. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. The topic of how accurate American movies and TV shows are in depicting everyday life in the United States is a hot topic on social media, especially when it comes to high school. I want to read some of the comments that I landed on. The first one says, the fact that Superbad spent the whole movie trying to obtain alcohol is totally realistic. We absolutely had whole evening adventures trying to get booze, and several people at my school had fake Hawaii IDs. That's a hoot, the Hawaii <laughs> ID thing. That is definitely fun. Um, most high school students do not tailgate in the parking lot every morning. But seemingly they do that, you know, uh, in, in movies. School fights in the movies make it seem like students go at it like prize fighters. In reality, they throw a couple of pathetic punches, grab each other's shirts, and roll around until security breaks them up 25 seconds later. The, the only actual fight that I've ever been in was exactly like that. A couple of punches thrown, uh, two at me, one at him, and then uh, my friend Peter stepped between us and the vice principal showed up in about 15 seconds. And we were both kicked out of school for the day. Cheerleaders don't actually wear their uniforms 24-7. You can't tell that, though, watching certain TV shows, can you? Cliques are not as well-defined in real life as they are in the movies. This one, I think, has changed over the years, and uh, Sherry can probably comment better than I can. Parties are more low-key affairs. They're nothing like those giant, everybody's coming, events in the movies. Unless you know somebody with a giant house, 
that can host a hundred students and the parents are out of town. I went to um, so many parties like that in high school. I went mm-hmm, to, I look back on it and I think, how did I go to so many keg parties with children? We were all children, right. babies, right. like infants having keggers, right? My girls went to some parties, but not even a fraction of those kind of big parties seemed to go down. And seemingly not as much mischief as uh, went down beyond. I mean, I'm talking about beyond the alcohol. I went to a party and it was a very nice girl lived one one street over. And I watched kids shake beer cans and spray the beer on her, her parents' paintings, which were very nice paintings. It was shocking. It was terrible. Cops showed up. Um, this one is interesting. There's more truth in Napoleon Dynamite than there is in Bring It On or Mean Girls. <laughs> I think I think that's true. When you I just think, pause for yeah. a minute. Yeah. The relationship Keep- between Napoleon Dynamite and the girl played by the actress Tina Majorino She's is so one good. of the most authentic teenage relationships ever captured. It's film. beyond awkward. Yeah, it's beyond awkward. TV shows make it seem like kids have time to talk in the middle of the day by their lockers. In reality, you're booking it across the building because you have five minutes to go from the first floor, get to your locker on the second floor, and then way across run to the third floor to your fourth period of class. That is true. One time I was walking down the hall with my books in my arms. A random bully slapped them down, sending my stuff flying all over the place. In a movie, everybody would point and laugh. In reality, the other kids gasped. And a few random students stopped and helped me gather up my things. I remember one girl saying, that was so mean. I bet that's true, and I hope that's true. Most people are not that attractive. Most people are not in their 20s. So, um, hopefully, most yeah, movies. most, well, or in the case of Greece, in their 30s. You know that they're right. making a prequel to Greece called, about the Pink Ladies, Rizzo Gang. An ad yeah. about that, yeah. It, it'll I be out in that. April, I think, on Netflix. That's, I can't wait. That's going to be interesting. The casting is going to be interesting in that. All my European friends ask if we wear those square hats at graduation and drink from red solo cups at parties. Yes and yes. This person says, I, I, most people I think know who John Hughes is. He, uh, he passed away recently. He was the king of the coming-of-age movies. And this person says, I swear, John Hughes must have grown up on Mars or something. <laughs> it's true. It's true if you look at those, uh, if you look I, at those I, movies. I, but I'll, yet there's so much fun. Let me fun. just say something about his movies, though. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of them, like Fast Times at Ridgemont High, they were right. very cartoony. And it was right. the first time that high school students were presented in a way that, that was, uh, they, they were like real human beings. So mm-hmm. I don't agree with whatever that was that was said. I mean, no, it wasn't perfect, but don't you, I mean. Yeah. Um, the characters that they painted, I think everybody knows. The slick guy who had the tickets that he would sell, uh, the jocks, um, you know, the really hot girl with the red bikini. Uh, probably after thinking about her, Phoebe Cates, I can't go on any further. That, you know, kids that's working not a John Hughes jobs. movie. That's not a John Hughes movie. No. <laughs> that's not a John right. Hughes movie. That's true. Morning announcements are real and just as ridiculous as the ones on TV and in the movies. Did you, did you have kids doing the announcements at your school? Um, we took turns, actually. 
doing yeah. the announcements. Yeah. yeah. And it was um, like student council members did it. Um, yeah. D- athlete, different athletes would do it. But yeah, we no, we we did that. You know what one of the more cruel things about my school was? You would find out whether or not you'd made a team that you tried out for or got your AP scores um, high enough to get college credit for them through morning announcements, which meant right. that if you didn't make the team or you didn't yeah. get the scores, um, you you took that you took that gut punch in front of God and everybody. And it yeah, was and you, I saw and you dealt with it kids breaking day. down and crying. Yeah, yeah, that was right. that is not a good system. I don't, I don't no, care that. Uh, our our system was they would uh, post it on bull, on a bulletin board, and you would go over and see. And it wasn't much better to be honest. Actually, it was probably a little bit worse because it'd be up there all week. Well, I Prom want you to know is, you're you're in homecoming, and everybody knows Bob that you tried out for the baseball team, and all your friends right. in your homecoming class are listening to the announcement and they're watching you because they want right. you to get it. And then right. they go, they go, Steve Clipper with a K, John Matthews. And we know it's alphabetical and we just skip Bob Lacey. Yeah, and all right. of your friends are looking at you and you've got to have your game face on. I yeah. think that's way worse yeah. than a posting in the hallway. And finally, prom is way less of a big deal in real life. And no one really cares who wins prom queen. I can't remember who was in my school. Don't don't remember. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. We want to send you and your bestie to Florida, and here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com, post a photo of you and your buddy. Now, this can be your best friend since childhood. Maybe you're one of these people who's like, my best friend is my husband. That's fine. No judgment here. Could be your mom. We don't care. We're going to send you to the Don Cesar. We're going to send you to dinner on a yacht starship cruise. Hook you up with tickets to the Clearwater Aquarium and the Dolly Museum. Going to fly you there. Hook you up with a rental car. It's you and your bestie having a little getaway at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. You know how you get like a gazillion things that come across your news feed and, and you're not really, you know, like stock prices and you know, mergers and acquisitions. And I, I I don't usually read those articles because I don't even understand what the heck they're talking about. But mm-hmm. one of those kinds of articles came across my newsfeed. And as I was swiping past it, the word family owned caught my eye because I didn't know that Subway, the sandwich chain, was family owned. I guess I thought that was part of some big corporate conglomerate like Yum Foods or something. But no, yeah. The company was founded in 1965 by a teenage boy named Fred DeLuca and a family friend named Peter Buck, who happened to be a nuclear physicist. They founded Subway together. A teenage boy and a nuclear physicist founded Subway. Of all the things you thought you might hear today, that's surely got to be high on the list of things you never thought you'd hear. It's a great episode of the foods that made America. Is it really? Yeah, I haven't it seen yeah. the Subway see episode. It, yeah. it it's interesting. There's always so something surprising about Subway. This is the last, you know, the latest one. Of course, they had that uh, terrible situation with Jared as their spokesperson. He's still in jail, isn't he? He will yeah. be for a while, yeah. yeah. He will be and for then a they, while. And then, then, and then, they then you found the, out that there were more Subways. I just found that out about five years ago. There were more Subways than any other uh, fast food uh, organization, more than McDonald's worldwide. There. There are more than 37,000 subways in over 100 countries. 
Um, they had that problem too, where it turned out that the bread that they made their sandwiches with had mm-hmm. roughly the same uh, molecular structure as a yoga mat, and yeah. that was problematic for the for the yeah. company. Um, so anyway, they're they're selling it after all these years. Oh, really? Of being a family-owned business, they're selling it. And when um, Peter Buck, the nuclear physicist who helped a teenage boy found Subway, when he died in 2021, his half of the Subway sandwich business, he left it all to charity. Oh, Isn't good that? for him. Yeah. Good for him. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, so you know it's um, a franch. There, it's a franchise deal. So I mean, you you mm-hmm. own, you know, you own your local, and you you kick up to uh, the corporate people who own the the name and all. I knew the the guy was uh, he was a program director that I worked for years and years ago, and he had a a son, and I'd only seen the son uh, a couple of times, and then you know, like most program directors, he moved along to something else. And I bumped in, I went into a subway and, uh, as I walked up to order, there's this kid there and he said, Bob, and I went, yes. Yeah. And I think it's a listener. It was his son who I last saw when he was 10 years old and he had finished college and is a medic, uh, a friend in college. The two of them got together. And I think a couple of months after they graduated, somehow they, they borrowed enough money. You got a hold of enough money. He didn't come from a wealthy family. And at 22, they started their own subway and then bought another one. Wow. Yeah. That kind of works, though. Now that we know that the, the chain was founded yeah. by a teenage boy it and does, a nuclear yeah. physicist, that's a mm-hmm. combination I just never saw coming. And so, yeah, when Subway sells, and it'll sell, some, you know somebody's going to buy it. When sure. Subway sells, it might be that one of the last of these big, like, chains that's privately held privately that's just a wild story Mm -hmm. it's bob and sherry the bob and sherry vault is brought to you by o'reilly auto parts your professional parts people now let's open up the bob and sherry archive vault so in morons in the news we had this guy in idaho who built a rotating treehouse what could be cooler than that but there was this one tree that prevented his treehouse from making the full rotation so he strapped a running chainsaw to the end of his treehouse, and as it came rotating by, it sawed the other tree down. <laughs> now, this may be the first time in history that tying a running chainsaw to something didn't end in bloodshed. But then we remembered that the People's Movie Critic's dad had a similar idea. And the fact that the People's Movie Critic has all 10 fingers shows it worked. Hey, hey wh- Lamar. Hey, Lamar. Hey, evidently my dad was an engineer before his time. I don't know. What what was that? I was trying to remember what he made you do. We had we had a pear tree that was in our front yard and it had been struck by lightning and so half of the trunk is gone, but we're still maintaining this tree and so it needed to be we had a limb up in the top that was dead and needed to be cut. And so my dad decides I was like I was eleven, maybe twelve, eleven or twelve. And he says, you know, you love to climb trees. He said, so what we're going to do is you're going to climb up in the tree. I'm going to tie a rope to the chainsaw. I'm going to throw you the rope. He said, then I'm going to crank the chainsaw on the ground because it would be dangerous for you to try to crank it in the tree. And he said, you're going to pull the running chainsaw up on the rope. Once you get the handle on the chainsaw, then you go ahead and you cut the tree limb down, and then you can lower the chainsaw back down on the rope. 
I love I well, love this safe. I'm up there, and this was his best piece of safety advice. He said, "Once you get the chance, I'm up there. If you start to fall out of the tree, try to throw the chainsaw away from your body, if at all possible." Good advice. Good advice. Yeah. See, he had your best interest at heart. <laughs> See, this is back in the days when kids were pretty much expendable. You know what yeah. I'm saying? If I'm... something happens to this one, yeah. surely we can have another one. Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. Um, so how did that work? Did, were you able to well, do that? Honestly, yeah, I was. He, I pulls it up. The chainsaw's running. I cut the limb. The limb. I mean, it was flawless. It was absolutely flawless. And in fact, my dad was celebrating with another drink of liquor because that seems <laughs> to be his modus operandi. So. Oh wow! <laughs> Can you imagine me doing that with Hampton at, a, at the age of eleven? No. Having him when I was pull- seven, when I was seven, he put me on the riding lawnmower cranked it and put it in gear because we had a really big yard and he said just keep riding around till you finish or you run out of gas i'll come out and check on you every once in a while because i couldn't stop it or anything all i could do was stare it around the yard <laughs> you were seven years old seven years old Listen, when, also when i was like 11 or 12 uh-huh. he, he needed to bush hog he needed to bush hog the pasture so he put yeah. me up on the bush hog and he gets everything running, and right before I leave, he goes, now look, you heard about the guy up the road here that got killed. He said, don't fall off of the tractor. If you start to fall, try to go to the left or right, because if you fall down, the bush hog will chop you up. And I'm like, okay, no problem. Once again, age 11? Yeah. Yeah. You know what, it is though? a miracle that you're here. If you're going to be raised like this, it's important that you're that nobody sugarcoats stuff. They didn't say stuff like, now pay attention, because if you fall, you could get hurt. When they say, pay attention, because if you fall, that bush hog will chop you up, means you're going to pay attention. You know, it's a, it's a real mental image. I was flying up along that steering wheel. I wasn't letting go. I no, yeah. I'll bet. Well, thank God you uh, you survived it all. We thought you'd enjoy hearing the story about the guy's invention with the uh, with the house. That sounds less dangerous. I'll go ahead and give him that. I'll tell you what. Well, yeah, because he, he attached the chainsaw to a treehouse, not an 11-year-old. <laughs> Have a great day, Lamar. Bye, right, pal. Bye-bye. There it is. I don't know how he got through childhood. Honest to God. How he got through childhood with all the parts he came with. I know it. That's and then the, going to the liquor store with this, his father. This is a man who at 11 was tied to a chainsaw, who was given an alligator as a pet. Yep. This is a kid that should be missing <laughs> at least a finger. And riding shotgun with his father who's drinking yeah, to, to the, the liquor store. To the bootlegger. To the bootlegger not guy. A, not even the liquor store. You know, you're right. It was a the bootlegger. bootlegger. Yeah, that's right. Any kid can go to the liquor store with that. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Cherry app. Well, the most popular dog names are pretty much still the same. Max, Charlie, Milo, Cooper, Buddy, Daisy, Lucy, Bella. But what are the trendiest dog names this year? Here we go. Fezco. This is the name of a character from a Netflix show. Cassini. It's kind of a curious one because is it taken from Jackie Kennedy's favorite designer, Oleg Cassini? We don't know, but it's trending. Mossberg. It's possible this is from the shotgun, Mossberg 590, which was a favorite of Vin Diesel's characters. Maribel. This one is from Encanto, the Disney film. Uh, number five is uh, Kenya. Kenya. It's also uh, from a famous TikTok star, Mommy. It's unclear why this is trending as a name for dogs. Must be kind of it's, funny if you have, you know, like Pence calls his wife mommy. 
You got a dog named Mommy? Down, My Mommy. My cousin had a dog named Mommy. Down, and it was down, just mommy. unsettling. <laughs> yeah. Monka. This one is for gamers. There's uh, some game connection there. Toru. Uh, that is also from a comic book and anime series. Frederico. It is unclear why this is trending exactly now, except there could be a new, you know, generation of people who admire the Italian director, Fellini. And finally, and I would not call my dog this, beige. Maybe it's because the dog is tame in color, but beige (laughs) does not do it for me whatsoever. Those are, uh, if you're getting a puppy... Love that puppy, and uh, we, we, we those adopt- are the trendiest names. We adopted a dog here. It's it's deaf. His name is Cooper. He came with that name, but yeah. he doesn't know that. No. You could call him anything at I this know, point. I, I, that's deaf. a thing that I think, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's so sweet of you to do. It's Bob and Cherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Cherry podcast and the Bob and Cherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10.